I believe this is the first for the Bearded Cartcast. We're actually recording live at the Roasting Company in Rock Hill. It's the site of our coaches show since I think what, 2017 or 2016. And it'll be the final coaches show this year. We figured, you know what, we, Dave loves efficiency, so we are recording the Bearded Cartcast. Right before the coaches show, I am Mike Pacheco, Dave Friedman alongside. And Does that indicate that you don't love efficiency? I do love efficiency, but you you you're more of a master at it than I am. I wouldn't say a master. Oh I yeah, just you're, you're, no, you no no come on. I I mean it you is, do you you there are a lot of things you do well. Efficiency is at the top of the list. Well, I think I just I prioritize it. I I don't know that I it goes do hand it. in hand. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I, I I very much seek you it execute out. the plan very well. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it, it's one of those be a master of a few things, yeah. not know a little bit about a lot, know right. a lot about a little. And, and if we are coming to Rock Hill and we're going to do the coaches show, well, we're already setting up the radio equipment. Yeah. We're already spending time together. Any extra time we have at the roasting yeah. company probably means more good food. That probably came across more more bitchy than it meant to be. It was, <laughs> it was actually a compliment. Maybe you're in a bad mood today. Maybe. I mean, there's be. nothing like starting conference tournament week in a sour mood. Winter's won four straight. What's wrong with you? That's outstanding. Yeah, it is Terrific. outstanding. Now I'm in a better mood. All right. Yeah. You really ti- turn the tide there. I know. Maybe is I'm it, hangry. Is it, be- <laughs> yeah, well, it, <laughs> might, it might be because you're staring down. I'm staring at a hot uh, Nashville sandwich. Yeah, yeah that, that could be it. I'll be interested what you think of the uh, Nashville sandwich because while that's a type of sandwich I like and I like almost all the food at the roasting company, this is not Nashville. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. Right. Like you don't get a Frisco steak when you're not in Frisco. Right. Right. You don't get a steak at the Waffle House. (laughs) They're known for their waffles. Well... Well, well, sometimes you don't get waffles when you go to the Waffle House. I tried to get waffles yeah. at the Waffle well, House. Well, you ordered it. It just didn't show up. It didn't come. It didn't make it. It, it was a no-show. It. it was, well, meh. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Morrell, the basketball coach at Asheville, I assume is going to show up for the conference tournament this year. Yeah. A few years ago, though, he had COVID and didn't make it to the tournament. And Winthrop plays their first-round game against Radford, and it's unclear whether their coach is going to make it. Right. And and obviously, uh, much different circumstances with Mike Morrell and COVID a couple years ago. And, you know, they're record-wise, 14-2. Uh, and two, So, the number one seed, and I think that's, I think he's got, well, 14 reasons there. He's got, um, you know, wanting to win a conference tournament. That's another reason. Wanting to go, he's got a million reasons to make it. So, he'll be there. He'll be there. Uh, unfortunately, uh, and it is sad news, um, for Radford, their head coach, um, what two games left right before the the um, the f- the seventeenth game of the season, uh, he was arrested for DUI. So uh, he has been placed on suspension. We're not one hundred percent sure if that suspension will be uh, active through uh, Friday or whether or through the rest of the season. Or so uh, his status kind of remains uh, up in the air. Let me ask you this: yeah. a- a- taking out the questions of. What would you do as an administrator? It's it's none of our business. Radford's going to decide whether they want him to coach the rest of this year. And we year don't know what their internal policies are. I mean, it's, yeah, it's wild speculation. And we don't have all the details. Right. Th- throw that out. Does them not having their coach, or does their coach having been out for a week and then getting reinstated, does that make any difference in the basketball game? I think maybe in a in a different situation, but I think the fact that, and I don't know why. It should make a difference, but um, the fact that his brother is kind of his right-hand man, uh, and uh, Shane is, would be stepping in as the head coach, or he has actually in the in the interim. I, I, I think to me that does make a difference because it's 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 
it's it's family. They've tried to create a family atmosphere there. Uh, you know, Shane was at Murray State. He's very accomplished. They won their final game against Campbell, which, I mean, Campbell's going to be pulling their hair out. I mean, they lose an overtime game to Winthrop. They lose a two-point game, two point game um, to Radford, which would have, um, you know, either one of those games would have helped secure them a top-six seed to buy uh, the sixth seed. Um, I don't think that's right. I think if they had beaten Radford. Well, well, no, the opportunity. I'm sorry, the opportunity to get that because they still needed Gardner-Webb to, to win that game. Right. So, so but had the opportunities. Is, I, I, I left that. Yeah, point. I mean, nonetheless, they had opportunities to win tight games late, and they failed to do so, yeah. and they have to play a play-in game. But they essentially look like the six teams that have a bye. They're yeah. not – Right. a lot better or a lot worse. They're right. really in that mix, as as it so happens this year. And maybe you put Asheville in their own tier and then those other teams, or maybe you put Asheville in one tier and, and then Longwood or Longwood and Radford or however you want to divvy it up. But Campbell is in the same tier as Upstate and Winterrep sure. and whoever else you give a chance to win the tournament. The problem is Campbell now has to play an extra game. Right, they have one more day, and you know this year it's um, you know they play on Wednesday, Thursday's an off day, and then everyone else, uh, if if you get to the championship, have to play three straight games. So they would have to make it four, or any of the t- if the other you know uh, the, the other team that's in the seven ten. I think what's interesting is I don't I wouldn't argue that the Big South is any better or worse this year. I would say it's more. There's more parity than we've seen in the past because I know a lot of times it's like, oh, the league's a lot better. I, I don't know that it's better. It's just the teams at the bottom have, have really come up. I mean, to me, it it is kind of Asheville and everybody else. You can make the case Longwood. I mean, I still think Longwood has. Uh, I would put those two, and then everybody else. But they they had that little slide where they lost a couple three three games. I mean, in a row. how do you measure a conference? Because I was looking at some analytics last night. And it was looking at the middle of the yeah. league, and it says the middle of the Big South yeah. is better than. I generally use met, like the metric system. Oh, the metric system <laughs> meters. Yeah. It, it, to, to me, you judge a league on the best teams. I, I think it's kind of crazy to judge it on the worst teams right, or the middle right, teams. Right. Like, and yeah, sure, they're going to be special years. That that Winthrop has this special year. Maybe that's not an indication of how the league is as a whole. But like. The best teams in the league this year are not better than they were last year. Maybe they are similar. Maybe they are a step behind. But if you think that Asheville is the best team in the league this year, don't they essentially have the same players they had last year, except now they have Fletcher A.B.? If you think Longwood is one of the top two or three or four teams in the league this year, don't they basically, didn't they trade a really good point guard who may have been the best player in the yeah. league for a guy who's good but probably not quite as good. I think that's exactly 100% right. I agree with all that. I just like the idea that the Big South is much better than it's been. I, I really no, don't but we'll see hear that. that. We'll hear that a lot this week. Oh, there's no question. Now, what you said I do think is right. I, I don't think there are as many... 335th best teams in the country at the bottom of the Big South right now. And if you look at the the numbers and the analytics, and Pat Kelsey is now at College of Charleston, yeah. they could miss... The, the million-dollar man. He just they, got a five-year contract extension. We'll see how many of those yeah. games he well. coaches. Um, they could miss the NCAA tournament despite winning 29 games. They, in fact, could win 30 games... Yeah. 
lose the championship right. game, and still not get in. But they've got like five or six teams in their league that are 300 net or worse. Right. And those teams pull yeah, they suck down right. all of those kind of quality top of the league sort of wins. So I, I think we're in an agreement. I think Winthrop is in a league right now that may not have the high-end teams that we occasionally see, but quite frankly don't often see. Right. But the bottom of the league seems to have gotten a little bit better. Yeah, and th- that can that can create a little bit of havoc. Circling back to the Radford question, though, I do think it matters. I think any time there is a variable, any time there is a question mark, I don't think that helps. You want stability and you want consistency. And if Darius Nichols coaches this week, and I think he's a very good coach and our interactions with him have been very, very positive, it's still going to be a guy that got arrested less than two weeks ago and was out of practice and then back into practice. Or if he doesn't coach this week, well, they're one coach less on their staff, which certainly isn't good. And the guy that led them the entire season isn't there. And and since he's been out, they blew a 19-point lead over High Point, and they barely beat Campbell. I I think it would be hard for someone to say they're playing their best ball of the season right now. Now, Brian Antoine might be back, and he's been missing, and that's a huge piece to their puzzle. And they're certainly a, a sticky defensive team who's had a really good year. But to me, if we were having a conversation about Winthrop is starting the tournament, and we love Tony Rack, and we love Ben Betts, and we love Mitch Hill, and we love Matt Earps, but, you know, Pross isn't coaching, and maybe there was kind of a, a bit of secrecy or some problems that took place. How could you expect Winthrop to be at their best? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't hang out at their practices, so I, I couldn't tell you what, whether Radford will be. Is any, it because it's inconvenient for you to do so? Not. Yeah, that's part of it. That's part of it. I, I just think, uh, and, I, and I think I did preface this, I think I, I don't disagree with you. I think... Because this is a different diff- situation. I mean, I don't know if, if if Mark had a brother that that uh, he grew up with, and and they, you know, they spent a lot of time together. I think that's different than just your average run-of-the-mill assistant coach. So I don't know. Does it? I mean, it probably still doesn't help that all this happened. But I, I think if there's one thing that could maybe help bridge that gap, it's the fact that um, a guy with Shane, his experience um, is there to, to, to helm them. I, I agree with you. If it was a different situation, I, I would probably say 100%. I, I don't know. The fact that his brother's there, maybe that helps. What do you make of where Winthrop is? It has been a topsy-turvy season. They kind of have settled into a seven-man rotation with Xavier McKelvey getting maybe six, eight, ten minutes a game. And then those other six guys basically play the entire game. They have won four straight going into the tournament, and the offense in those games has been tremendous. This really reminds me of, for a long time with the followers, this kind of reminds me of that year the tournament was supposed to be at Coastal, and then Coastal announced they were leaving, so it ended up be, uh, being held at Campbell. And um, Winthrop had a really good three-point shooting team that year, as they have had most years. Uh, my my concern is they're playing maybe their best basketball. They're, they feel like, I, I, it just seems like they're, a little more connected, if I can use that word. Um, maybe maybe gelling is probably the better way to put it. So I think that is good. What concerns me is you don't have that off day now, right? So a team that likes to shoot the three, I mean, we've seen in this five-game stretch uh, with a one four out of five, uh, they're averaging ten threes a game. Yep. I mean, that's hard to sustain over three days in a tournament. Yep. So that my, my, con- my concern is um, 
will they be able to – can they flip the switch? I mean, we've seen them play well uh, in the half court, but we've also seen when the ball gets stuck and the, store gets, the floor gets sticky and they're not – if they can play a half-court offense and generate points that way and rebound and kind of play traditional uh, for that last game or even – throughout the three games, I think that's a that's a plus. But my concern is that uh, if they're so reliant on the three, does that hurt them in, if they get to the finals? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, a reasonable question, and we're going to find out. Now, we've seen with their really good shooting teams win three games in a row, mm-hmm. but how hard is that to do? I don't know. I, I love that phrase that Pross used maybe two or three weeks ago. There is a fine line between open, which is their offense, and open gym, which is (laughs) essentially (laughs) AAU basketball. And I thought during the High Point game on Saturday, we saw kind of some of each of it Mm -hmm. because High Point's playing a roll-out-the-balls and run-around-and-out-athlete-you sort of game. And when Winthrop gets into that, they're not as good as when the ball is popping. But Winthrop can play that playground game because they've got really good players. Right, and I think the, the big key is is just that when, they, when they're able to get into their – when they're able to dictate not, not so much tempo but style, right? Like if they're able to, to play open and if they're able to um, – Really get good ball movement, move outside the move well when you don't have the basketball, moving off the ball. I think that's when we've seen this team be successful. When they kind of get bogged down or they kind of try to, like what you were saying, if, if they're trying to mimic what the other team is doing or, or they let the other team kind of dictate the tempo and the style, I think sometimes that's when we've seen things kind of get haywire. Tomorrow, the Big South Conference Awards will be announced, I presume. If it's not tomorrow, it'll be Wednesday. I. I guess that Drew Pember's going to run away with player of the year honors. I think it's appropriate. He's the best player on the team that was the number one seed and kind of pretty clearly won the league. As it pertains to Winthrop players, I think there are three of them that would be uh, at least in discussion for all conference nominees, Kelton Telford and Corey Hightower and Casey Harrison. Harrison. Yeah. Do you expect one or more than one to receive Honors, do you expect KT to be on the first team? I think KT should be on the first team. And I understand, uh, I guess it depends on how well you look at the league. I mean, he's, uh, you know, field goal percentage, he's the best. He's top five in points, and he's top two in rebounding. Uh, and he's, you know, arguably Winthrop's best player. So I don't think it's arguable. Yeah. He's their best player. So I think uh, – I mean, I, I would be very comfortable with him being on the first team. I, I just don't think you can count to five players in the league that are better than him. Right. I, in fact, I'm not sure after. I, I think. Well, my fear is like the people that only go by stats. But, but his stats are incredible. But, but also go by position. Oh, you wouldn't put two centers on the first team? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think that's – I think you go with the best five players. I don't care whether – Well, I don't think you go by the best five players because if your team was 3-15, and 15, then I, I don't think you were particularly valuable. But Winthrop was right in the mix. We talked about those yeah. seven teams. And, I, I mean, I think Asheville should have two first-team players. They, they won the league yeah. by several games. They're the number one seed. I mean, Mike Morrell, like him or not, is going to be the coach of the year, and he should be the coach mm-hmm. of the year. And, and to me, Tayshawn Jones is pretty clearly the second-best yeah. player on a team that did the most, and, and I think he should be a first-team all-conference player. Their point guard is an interesting case study to me. He leads the league in assists, but he's not a huge scorer. And when you think of Asheville, I don't think you think of really anyone after 
Pember and Jones. I think Pember and Jones are first-team players, but I think you could argue to have another one of their players on the second or on the third team. But as that point guard debate comes up, I think Kaysen Harrison's the best lead guard in the league. Yeah, I mean, just from... from but I think where that's going to go, though, is how many people are watching other games, right? Like, I think this will probably be... And we've seen this in the past where some categories just go on sheer numbers. And when you look at uh, Burgess, I mean, he's, what, 4-2 or 4-3 assists a game, and that's about maybe a half assist a game better than Case and Harrison. But... Uh, just some of the things we've seen Case and Harrison do and getting his teammates involved, and uh, he can score. He's a scorer. I mean, I mean there have been four times this year where he has the ball at the yeah. end of the game and Winthrop needs a bucket to win. Yeah. Two of them, he hit a game-winning layup. And One of them, he flung it out to yeah. Sin, who had a four-point right. play. Yeah. Now, that game ended up going to overtime. That was just last week. And then the, the, the fourth time was against Gardner-Webb. He hit Sin for an open three, three, and he missed. But, yeah. I mean, like, he has done the point guard job when it's counted all right. year. His numbers over the last 10, 12 games are absolutely phenomenal. Right. He shot the three. He can get by you. He can pass the ball. I'm not sure he's a first-team all-conference player, but he sure feels like an all-conference player. I, I, that's It would be a crime if he's not on the all-conference team somewhere. Who else? When you think of the league and you think of the league's best players, does somebody stand out? Because I, I, I voted. I looked at this, yeah. whatever, yesterday or the day before, and I... It shocked me that after the two Asheville guys, who I think are obvious, and after KT, who I think is obvious, th there weren't obvious guys. And like Jordan Ganey at Upstate's a really nice player. Yeah. Does he have to be on the first team all conference? I, I, I well, don't. What, but when I look at like how guys played against Winthrop, right? Uh, I mean, Ricky Clemens. Yep. I mean, he he strikes a chord with me. Um, you know, Jordan Ganey had had two games that were pretty good. Against Winthrop. Um, Longwood's the number two seed. Yeah. Who on Longwood should receive all-conference honors? And do they have a first-team all-conference player? The numbers, them and Radford are sort of tough because yeah. they play, and Gardner-Webb, they all play lower-scoring games, which means they have less big, gaudy numbers. I mean, to me, Isaiah Wilkins is the best player on Longwood. Yeah, he's tough. He's, he, he, different. Like, he, he's a tough matchup for most teams. I feel like he's a first-team all-conference player based on reasonably good numbers, yeah. but being the best player on the team that finished second. Yeah, I, that's, I agree with that. But what that does is it means those guys that are fringe all-conference players aren't, aren't. anywhere yeah. because you're taking a guy very specifically because they're on one of the better teams, which by definition means some of those guys that play on the seventh or eighth best team don't make it. How about the uh, Radford guys? You've got Archer, who's the terrific rebounder, and Antoine and Smith, the two guards. Again, none of them have gaudy numbers, but they were the they are the number three seed in the tournament. And for much of the year, we're one of the two or three best teams in the league. Are any of those guys first-team all-conference players? You know, I thought the first time we saw uh, Daquan Smith, he was good, not great. But then he was 24-25 in the, in the second meeting. Um, but, you know, to me, that's such a different – that's such a different – they're like the Longwood argument, right? Because they're, they they're kind of slogging and they're not putting up great numbers. So What do you do with the guys on the teams at the bottom, the uh, MJ Harris and Charleston Southern – and uh, uh, what, what's the guy on High Point that, that's had the house, house, who's had a terrific year? Yeah. Uh, but, but again, they're playing on teams that are in the play-in games. Yeah, well, I, but see, that's, to me, that's where the analytic of who's the voter. 
because um, most voters who maybe don't pay as much attention to the league as others would probably put Jaden House first team because he's averaging 17 points a game. I didn't vote for him. Not in the top 15. Yeah. I, I just, he, he plays on a bad team. Right. And he's a good player. But don't you agree with me? Player. Like most people probably aren't going to con- take that into consideration. Yeah, uh, maybe. I, I just, he'll probably, I, I would, it I seemed to me there were three or four guys that pretty clearly stood out five guys, yeah. six guys. And then from whatever it is, six to 20, yeah, it's, it's, they all kind of right. look the same. Right. And that's why, like, if you believe, like I do, that Kelton Telford and Case and Harrison are all conference players. I'm not sure Winthrop can have three of the top right. 15 guys when yeah. you finished in a three-way tie for, for fourth place. place. Yeah. And I like Corey Hightower, and he's had some huge games. But I don't know that he's been dramatically better this year than... Like, like if you were to say Corey Hightower or Caleb Burgess, I think most people would tell you Corey Hightower is the better player. But Caleb Burgess yeah. is a guy that leads the league in assists, and he's on the first-place team. Right, right. And I think, and again, it, this all goes back to who, like, what are, what's the criteria of the people that are voting? I think you're laying on it a very logical and understandable. Gar- and Gardner-Webb finished fourth, tied for fourth in the standings. Are you putting any of their players in the top 15? They've got to have someone on the second or third team, right? But who? Do they have to? Uh, they don't have to, but they're not a bad basketball they're team. They're not a bad ba- I mean, I mean you and I, as we were setting up the equipment here, we were talking about who's going to win the league, and Asheville should be the favorite as the number one seed, and you and I both remember Longwood winning last year, and we kind of think they have that grid and that toughness. But, I mean, w- why can't Gardner-Webb win the league? They can Right. right, with no one with that's no even b- on the third well, team conference. Yeah, but, but go back to some of those uh, great Winthrop teams. I mean, how many times? It's a great point. Did, did, uh, did, I mean, how, I mean, you could uh, you could put together a bunch of all conference teams for uh, you know f- from the Winthrop perspective of players that, that never made all conference nope. teams. It should have. Well, and that's the that's the thing. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a trophy. Right. We're talking I mean, about practice. Right. I mean, Winthrop has won all these awards in recent years because they've scored a whole bunch of points. Right. That still doesn't mean that Keon Johnson or Xavier Cooks were better than Terrell Martin. Right. But they put up much bigger numbers because right. the system was very, very different. Right. But and, and, and a lot of these people voting aren't watching 12, 14, 15 Winthrop games. I mean, or, Greg or Marshall should have been the Big South Conference Coach of the Year. Yeah. I don't know, seven times, eight times in nine years, and, and he didn't, and, and that's okay. But like, yeah. if you were to look at, you were to vote for the coach of the year right now. I, I don't know how you can vote for anyone other than Mike Morell. I agree I mean, with that. He, yeah. they, they won the regular season title by several games, right. and they weren't the preseason favorite. I mean, they were one of the preseason right. favorites, but I, I, I don't know how you could come up with anyone other than him. Right, and they, you know, they finished with the best record going away. I mean, it wasn't like. I mean, what, what's right. the ne- next team was, what, four or five wins, four or five losses? So. Now, wh- where we're going to have a gripe is, and, and there, there are two interesting things here. I can tell you who's going to be on the all-freshman team because there are only five guys on the ballot. <laughs> what an absolutely ridiculous thing to have an all-freshman team when all anyone does is use the transfer portal anymore. Yeah. It needs to be an all-newcomer all, an all, team. All-newcomer team. It doesn't make any sense. The defensive player of the year. Well, I assume it's going to be Drew Pember. Right. I mean, he won it last sure. year. But that doesn't actually make him a good defensive player. We are biased. We think it should be Chase Claxton. Yeah. But Drew Pember, I'm not sure he's a great 
defensive player. He blocks a lot of shots. Right. Does that make you a great defender? Well, this is the one thing I would add. Um, you know, he's not in the mix of steals, right? So, so blocks are the only. And if you're going by block shots, then um, I don't know. Chase is top five in block shots. He's I think top fifteen in steals, and he's um, I think he's in the top fifteen. No, he's not in the top fifteen in rebounding. Um, but he, he like Drew Pember's not going to guard a point guard. I, I just, you know, I, I, mean, I don't. A guy think like Chase Claxton is going to guard one through five, depending on who the best th- player there is. There are on. always debates on who should vote on this stuff. Should it be coaches? Should it yeah. be media? For defensive player of the year, it has to be coaches. The, the media can't assess yeah. who is a great defensive player. I agree with that. Yeah, that's player. fair. Right. I, I mean, it, it's not something you see watching a team once. It's not something you see looking at a number. Right. Like, because like, I mean, if you could, if you had access to every everything, like Ken Palm, every like, what 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 metrics could you use to determine a defensive player? Well, it's defensive war. I mean, yeah. you need advanced analytics. Yeah. I mean, and that stuff exists. I mean, why is Andre Iguodala a Hall of Fame yeah. player? It's not because he scored a million points with Philadelphia 25 years ago. Right. It's because he did G-Man. a great job against uh, LeBron James in the NBA Finals. Yeah. G-Man's here, Dave. That's right. Is he interrupting the podcast? He's interrupting the it podcast. It does feel that way. It does feel that way. Um, why does media vote on awards? Shouldn't it be coaches? Um. You can make that argument. Well, there are some some places, and this is probably more for the preseason poll that that's separated out, that have like a media poll right. and a coaches poll. Like the reason that coaches shouldn't vote is they're incredibly biased right. and they're very emotional. But the reason the media shouldn't vote is the media doesn't see the film and doesn't spend the time right. and doesn't know basketball the same way. Right. Well, and, and you know maybe maybe the blend is the best way to go. You know, is because there, there's, be, there's some deficiencies, both. and then you you know. Yep, that's fair. Yeah. So if Winthrop is fortunate enough to beat Radford, and, and I think it's a toss-up game, I really do. They would then play after playing at like eight thirty or nine o'clock at night on Friday. They would turn around and play at two o'clock on Saturday or two thirty on Saturday. They would play the winner of Longwood in the play-in game, and that game will start at 6 o'clock. Is it a huge disadvantage to have to turn around that quickly? Or because the team you're playing is just playing a couple hours earlier, does it not really matter? Yeah, I don't... I, I think that's an excuse if you want it to be an excuse, right? I mean, how many times have we seen sometimes things that we might think be either a distraction or a problem end up not being a problem? It's a problem if it's in your head and you let it be a problem, but... Um, you know, and a lot of these guys, I mean, they pl- they've played in AAU tournaments, and, you know, a lot of times you're, you're playing a game, and then two hours later you're playing another game, and then the next day you're playing. So, um, to, well, I, I, the only thing I would say where I would be concerned is if you have less depth. Uh, you know, if, like, it, you know, Winthrop is playing seven to eight guys, so does that, you know, I don't know. It It, 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 it is a problem until it's not, right? I mean, if, if they win three games and, you know, everyone's playing 35 minutes, I mean, the Celtics won championships playing seven guys or five guys, six guys. So it's doable. It's doable. It's doable. And it's going to be a fun week. Winthrop, I mean, it'll, be, it'll definitely be a storyline, though. Yeah, I mean, because the, it's always a storyline, yeah. whether it matters or not. I, I'm not sure anyone's looked at it analytically to, to crunch whether it's made a big deal, a difference. Winthrop, at one point this year, had three major problems. Turnovers, rebounding, 
and defense. And the defense kind of goes with the turnover yeah. and rebounding. They've more or less alleviated the turnover issue. If they don't get pounded on the glass, if they're within a few on the glass, I think they have a great chance. Well, and I think the third piece to that puzzle, though, is, you know, I don't know if they have to hit 10 or 11 threes, but they, they have to hit at a higher percentage. In the games that they've lost, it's been like five threes, six threes, seven threes, and it's been like 30%, 20%. And I think you have to look at overall field goal percentage in that mix, too. When, when Winthrop has outshot their opponent, um, I think the number is like 15-0 and 0 or 14. I mean, so that's – you're right. The turnovers – are the key. Rebounding, as long as it's within a few, I don't think that's the big deal. Now, I think the offensive glass will be something to keep an eye on because second no chance question. points in a tournament situation, easy buckets, you got to be careful of that. The numbers defensively have trended better recently. That coincides with the turnovers and not giving up those kind of run out turnovers right. for right. touchdowns, two games easy goes, buckets. Like eight turnovers for the, the, game. the rebounding to me is the key. Like you said, the offensive glass, the second chance points, that's the key. That's where someone's shooting percentage can get inflated because you're giving up those easy second but chances. But not only that, but like we've seen in games where it's like three or four chances in one possession, and yep. that, that can be real deflating. If you're not playing well defensively and then you allow that to happen, it's even one more thing that just kind of tugs on your shoulders a little bit. I knocked out an entire Radford chart yesterday. Yep. I started on my Longwood chart. I'm probably two-thirds done with my Longwood chart. After the coaches show today, I'm going to finish Longwood. Tomorrow, I'll work on Winthrop all day long. And as soon as that game ends on Wednesday, the play-in game, I'll begin working on whoever Winthrop could play if they beat Longwood on Friday. So by the time we get to Friday and show up for the game, I'll have full charts done for Winthrop, Radford, Longwood, and whoever Longwood is playing. So I'll be good to go through you are, Saturday. You are locked and loaded. Well, what did you say at the beginning of the podcast about efficiency? You're very efficient. You're, focus you're laser focused right now. This is your time of year. Got to be. It's the best time of year. Best time of the year. Next time we're talking, it's probably going to be about the NCAA tournament. Yeah. I hope we're talking about Winthrop in the NCAA tournament, but either way. Hopefully we're discussing where we're going to be. That's right, Dayton, Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably, most likely. That's right. All right, that's it. Uh, BeardedCarCast at Outlook.com if you want to send us an email that we're not going to read. If you want to uh, follow along at BeardedCarCast on Twitter. And uh, make sure you stay tuned to uh, our social media channels as well, at Friedman underscore Dave, because at Friedman Dave. Uh, he hasn't been annoyed yet, but he does, I don't think he really loves getting texts or tweets that are meant for you. But That's right. But he does respond. And I'm at Mike Pacheco, 81. Enjoy March Madness, everybody. We'll talk to you soon here on the Bearded Carcast.